Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Everything that we've always loved about football is Arsenal. When I was standing like at ready to go on obviously Yanks is running off and I'm literally thinking Leah you've like you've done it this is literally your whole your whole life Arsenal you've been wanting this happen you've been moaning about it for months like yeah when am I getting my chance trying to graft away trying to like get into somebody's face basically and I'm like you come along for for Yanks like I used to have Yanks name on the back of my shirt it's a weird one it's like from being totally honest it's that game was I knew it was my last chance to get on a pitch I'm not picky I just need something <laughs> It's like the ball playing centre half. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got. That's all I got. You've seen me, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> but you joked about Hexa. I'm not getting in on that joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've seen the drip. <laughs> 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 Hello, listeners, and welcome back to yet again another episode of The Beautiful Game podcast as ever i'm your host budge joined by my faithful two co-conspirators dot and dej boys how we doing i'm good budge how are you very very well indeed dej how about you i'm doing great bro how you getting on yeah man not too bad looking forward to the weekend uh, it's been a it's been a busy tough week so i'm um, looking forward to some downtime man yeah um, bro. Before, before before we kick off the episode just a reminder for all of you that are listening or tuning in on youtube that you can um, uh, view all of our episodes on YouTube. It's the Beautiful Game podcast. Uh, so get subscribing. And also you can listen to all of our episodes on uh, uh, Spotify. Um, you can also listen to them on SoundCloud on, and on Apple Podcasts as well. So we are um, here back again with another episode for you. Uh, and in very, very good company. Um, we've got a very special guest on the, the platform who's uh, currently playing her trade for Arsenal in a WSL. And also in the uh, England national team, she joined uh, Arsenal at the age of nine from uh, Rushton and, uh, and Diamonds and hasn't looked back since. She's a gooner through and through and comes from a... <laughs> I uh, once upon a time believed that Hector Bellerin was the trendiest player at the club. 
Boy was. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah. can uh, she can certainly show the lads a thing or two about wearing drip, a t- drip, t- drip, drip. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you that, mate. Drip, drip. Confirmed. Confirmed. <laughs> Without further ado, ladies and gents, we welcome Leah Williamson to the platform. Welcome, welcome, Leah. welcome, welcome. Hi, Leah. hi, hi. It's good to be here. Appreciate you taking. At the time, you're probably uh, you know doing some stuff this evening for Vogue and 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 <laughs> you have uh, an outlet, but I we appreciate you taking the time to, to to have a chat with us. <laughs> no worries, no worries. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> right, Leah, we want to get things kicked off with you know right at the, the the beginning of your career. For me, this is a special one. Like I said uh, a, a little earlier. It's the first time I'm getting a chance to speak to a, a fellow Gooner. Um, so take us back to the early days, you know. I know, I know the club means a lot to you and a lot, a lot to your family. And so, so right back to the, to the start of your career and, and, and coming through the, uh, the academy system, what was, what was that like for you and your, and your family? Yeah, so um, I've, I've, like, literally my mum and my grandma, like, two of the biggest Arsenal fans you'll meet, so... I am, I am too, and that that side of my mum's family is is all Arsenal. Um, so obviously, I'm literally living in a fairy tale um, at the minute. But it's funny because my my dad's Spurs. Ah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I made the choice early on. I think I was about six when I decided I was going to be an Arsenal fan. I was told it was uh, Arsenal or Spurs. Um, so I became an Arsenal fan and then obviously so early for me getting a trial to go down to um, the JVC at, at Highbury um, you know I'm, I'm thinking this is a bit surreal and it's almost you know a bit too good to be true um, but it was unreal you know I got an opportunity to play at Highbury one of the last times um, before before they knocked it down um, when I was on trial and my, my uncle turned up he like went for a walk He's, he's ended up in the in the reception nearly by the changing rooms at one point. My mum's like, Paul, come back. And he's, you know, he's wandering <laughs> up around Highbury. It's, it's amazing. Everything that we've always loved about football is Arsenal. So mm. um, we've always made the most of every opportunity, I suppose, as a whole family, not just me. Um, but yeah, it's um, fell into place nicely, I suppose, at the start. And like you say, I've never really looked back. So it's um, it's been dreamy, to be honest. And Arsenal Academy is quite successful and the women's team's always yeah. been so successful. So I've literally been in sort of the best hands um, from such a young age. So I, I really do feel like I'm Arsenal through and through because it's everything I've ever known. Yeah, so you said growing up, you know, it was either Arsenal or Tottenham in your household. So what was the deciding factor? Why did you decide to, you know, support Arsenal? I, I said, I, I think I went to a Spurs game first. Um, my uh, dad and he bought me a kit, made me put it on, like, somebody's doorstep, you know, like, before we even got to the ground. So I think he was scared that if he waited to get home, my mum would throw it away before we managed to get home. <laughs> um, but I just, I don't know, I think just, you know, my mum, my grandma going with them, um, I think I just, I loved it. And I loved, I suppose Arsenal's a bit more of a... Uh, I don't want to offend Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was younger, it was a lot more welcoming, I feel like, to me, um, and especially going with my mum, my grandma, you know, three women and three generations of, of family going to, to football. We was always welcome at Arsenal. So um, I, I just like the feeling of it. Um, so I'm, I'm glad I played for England because my dad's as patriotic as me. So at least we have that little 
little yeah, you know, thing. Yeah. We have our, we have our, <laughs> yeah. So, um, how did you like first, you know, you know, figure out that you wanted to be a professional footballer? So I, I used to, um, I was actually born, I used to walk uh, not so good, like toes pointing in and had to have inner soles and all that jazz. Um, and I was told to do gymnastics or horse riding to try and like sort, sort my feet out basically. Um, and so I went to gymnastics and my coach was a massive, massive football Man United fan. So at the end of the session, when we were like waiting for our parents to come pick us up, we'd have the girls playing like hockey or football. And I don't know, it was just, I seemed to be the odd one out because I, I could play. Um, so I went home, told my I wanted to play football. And then literally, as soon as I joined the team, um, like with my best mate, Mason, um, we joined that team together. And ever since, like, I just, I just don't think anything compares to it. You know, I was a, in a, a team my whole family loved it so they'd come down to watch and I just think I just thought this is literally perfect everything that we love in the world is in one place and um and then like I say when I then actually went to Arsenal it's just like another tick box like why would why would I not want to do this forever kind of thing um and then yeah literally did loads of sports and stuff but um I think from young like I, I don't know we're quite an emotional family quite passionate about things and straight away like that's where my sort of emotion came out in football so I think I knew if I was good enough it was always going to be my thing yeah and so obviously Leah fast forward you you you, you worked through the ranks and and you came through the academy sentence and 2014 is where you make your senior uh team debut right yeah now there are a number like from the outside looking in there are a number of different things that make me think wow that that must have been the most difficult debut anyone could have asked for because one um it's it's uh you're coming on for uh rachel yankee yeah legend big boots to, big boots to fill right yeah yeah on top of that it was in a very very um, uh, important game, obviously being in, in the, um, I think it was the, the Champions League quarterfinal. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I, forgive me if I, if, if, I, if I'm incorrect in this, but at the point where you, where you that you were coming on, Arsenal were losing, right? Was it was it two 0 at the time? Yeah, two 0 two 0 So those those three circumstances, those three factors make it like the the worst possible debut for you so could you could you take us through that 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 point in time for you like that that moment yeah so um I was a bit disappointed to be fair even with like getting to that stage because a couple of my mates that have come through the academy uh, Carla Humphrey I played with her since I was six even at Rushton so we come through all together and she'd been picked for a couple of trips and away games and stuff and I just I wasn't getting my breakthrough so I'm, I'm already feeling like I'm behind and I've always been, um, you know, like I say, I, I love, I want to know how good I can be. So I don't want to waste any time. I'm like, just throw me in, like chuck me in the deep end. Let me see what happens. I was always, already kind of frustrated at this point. Like, oh, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Um, and then I, I was almost annoyed because I felt like, obviously, I'm thinking this could work out in our favour and we go on to win. And, you know, the, the young guys that have come on have like flipped the game on its head. Yeah. But obviously, the majority of me knows that it's more of a give the girls experience because we're going out kind of thing. Mm. Um, so for me, I'm like almost annoyed because I'm thinking, right, 
okay, like I'm not, I'm not that good. Like you don't actually, you're not bringing me on to like make a difference. Maybe that that's how I felt. Um, Mm. and it just, but literally when I, when I was standing on the side, when I'm warming up, I'm thinking, do you know what? Actually, I might leave this. I'll feel a bit nervous. (laughs) (laughs) At this moment in time. Um, so I'm, like, I'm like oh giving it the big and I'm all annoyed and then when it comes to it I'm thinking oh I could just say <laughs> um, and then when I was standing like actually ready to go on obviously Yanks is running off and I'm literally thinking Leah you've like you've done it like this is literally your whole your whole life Arsenal you've been wanting this happen you've been moaning about it for months like yeah when am I going to get my chance trying to graft away trying to like get into somebody's face, basically. And I'm like, you're coming on for Rick, for Yanks. Like, I used to have Yanks' name on the back of my shirt. Wow. Like, you know what I mean? So I just... I'm real. At that point, I'm then thinking, go and just stop being stop being an idiot and just go and, like, enjoy it. And um, I don't really remember much about the game. We did lose, and it was tragic. We got knocked out of the Champions League, mm-hmm. but that was it then. I was like, one foot in the door. Uh, I'm not going back. Yeah, so obviously taking up to, you know, recent season, since 2017, your manager's been Joe Montemuro. He's a manager that's highly rated within the women's game. He likes playing, you know, a progressive style of football. I remember watching the game against um, Tottenham at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, yeah. you know, in front of a record 30-odd thousand. And that was a great game to watch because you could see that second half in particular, you really took the game to Tottenham and really pressurised them and made them make mistakes. So how is it like playing under him and what sort of manager is he? So he's he's completely different to any manager I've ever had. Um, he's the most, for, for somebody with so much detail and for somebody that loves, you know, Joe. Joe's just like, you go to him like give me more and he's just got like ideas coming you know coming out of his ears like he's just so detailed in everything that he does but he's the most chilled man you'll ever meet <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you'll find a more chilled out guy in football which obviously to have that balance is like so unique um which is I, I, I love it because I'm I'm the same I'm I'm like a don't get me wrong you know I'm competitive and all those kind of chill I'm just mm. get on with it kind of thing. Mm. I don't know. So, so I, I really get on with Joe. Um, and yeah, I'm literally begging, I, you know, all the time. I'm like, okay, so what's the next, you know, he's, he's bringing things in and, and showing the team. Obviously from 2017, it was like a introduction of the back end of the season because he came in midway mm. through. It was like an introduction to him and what his style was. Because um, he's got like seven star rules and okay. the foundation of what we do. Um, and then... From then, it's just basically like then, like fine detail everywhere. I just love it. I'm like, you know, trying to be as much of a sponge as possible, just taking it all in. Um, but like that Tottenham game at half time, he's like, you're not, you're not doing. You know, he can, he can list. He's like, hey, this Star Wars being broken. This Star Wars, you know, <laughs> this is basically you're creating your own problems. So yeah. picked up, um, gives you two or three pointers. You go out, and it's like a different team. Um, but I just, I like it. He's, he's very much in control of what we're doing. Um, you know, best way to defend is by attacking and managing the play and keeping it in their half and stuff. So right on my street, basically, I, I love I love having him at Arsenal. How much um, has the women's game changed since your um, embryonic stages of your career? Because obviously in 2019, we had that Watershed World Cup where... 
there was a massive you know audience watching the women's football I think um, early on this year we had you know almost a sellout at Wembley so how much has the women's game developed since your embryonic stages up until now? Oh like immensely um, when so I started sort of integrating with the first team when I was sort of 16 and um, you know coming up to my 17th birthday and that's when I got my debut and the game was like we were training at five evening twice three times a week I don't know um I can't even remember um and then by the time I was 18 so on my 18th birthday I signed my first pro contract but it was actually a pro contract so I left school went professional and that was it training from 10 o'clock in the morning what did, what did you do after you signed that contract yeah we've done well here haven't we yeah uh, <laughs> yeah nah, um that things like that you know they're, they're, they're massive moments but the, the, the way it's worked out for me when i said to you like, i'm living in a fairy tale like mm. i turned 18 suddenly the game goes professional you know like mom i'm in timing yeah, exactly. Um, my dad, the whole way through when I was growing up, he always used to say to me, "If like my mum's been the the grounded, like you go to school, you finish your A levels, no negotiation." Yeah, yeah. typical. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is your hobby until until I literally signed my pro contract eighteen. She's like, "This is a hobby, so don't get ahead of yourself," kind of thing, um, which I needed. But my dad, for for a guy. Obviously, he was, like, so happy. I'm his firstborn, and I actually like football. So he, he was never bothered by it. He was so supportive. But he always said to me, by the time you get to the age, like, 18, whatever, he's like, the game will be professional. He said, mark my words. And there's wow. no sign that it's ever going to be professional. You know, like, you don't know. Year on year, it grows. Yeah. Um, so at that point, and he came with me to sign that contract, I'm just like, I look at him and think, like, like what you know, it's just incredible. I think, and like I say, it just fits in with my little fairy tale. Um, and then since then, like I say, if you'd have told me sell out at Wembley, then um, you know, I think the last game, which might have even been around that time, was like half the st- you know just the lower mm-hmm. tier. Um, mm-hmm. And now there's a consistent final, like the FA Cup final every single year is at Wembley for women's FA Cup, and you know, an international fixture of that magnitude. It's it's like we're at a stage now where it's, we're not going to go away. You know, women's football is like it's yeah. Yeah. in society. Um, and I think that's the real change. Before it wasn't necessarily norm, the norm, you know, like you didn't, your families didn't just wake up at the weekend and go, oh, let's go and watch the girls. There was a reason, like, oh, the men's isn't on, so we'll go and watch the ladies mm. play. And now mm. it's like season tickets are bought and, you know. Yeah, so in your, in your opinion, what's the next step now? Because... We saw the World Cup, but how do we get those that footfall on a weekly basis? Yeah, so obviously the World Cup is so good for us because when we're successful, the the growth in the like it's literally you know more success we have, the the bigger the game gets in this country, and you see that with this year, like you say, record attendances and all that. But I just, I think there's got to be a massive commitment from the companies that push us. You know, every now and again we will get a big company come in and invest some money, and it's like oh ahead of the Olympics and it's like no like why don't we just ahead of the rest of women's football you know like the future of women's football we're here and we're going to stay you know a a 10-year plan like Barclays came in with a massive massive investment into the game and it's a long plan it's not just a year of commitment and then if we don't win at the Olympics they back out 
you know, it's, it's um, you know, I say Olympics because Team GB is obviously an option this year. It's the next tournament, but the Euros and leading mm-hmm. up to home Euros, you can have loads of people jumping in and it's whether or not they stay past that. So I think the you've got more young girls playing, got more people coming to watch the games. It now is a responsibility, I think, of the investors to keep pushing it, making it, you know, putting it on the TV, making sure that it's visible to everybody all the time. And I think that show of support will then encourage the rest of, you know, the people that are going to tap in and, and, and like women's football. I think that that's the next step now. Um, in my opinion, I'm asking for money. I'm like, come on then, who's spending? <laughs> 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 I've got to ask, Leah, you know when you, uh, on the day that you signed your professional contract yeah. and you came along, did he, was he, was he pictured holding the, uh, the jersey as well? Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, one hand on the table, one hand on my shoulder. He just stayed neutral, neutral. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's never said come on Arsenal my whole, my whole time. Never, ever, ever. It's always come on reds. Never, it can't, can't say it. So he can't bring himself to do it. Just can't, can't do it. <laughs> do you know what, Lee? I, I also wanted to ask, just following up from a, a question that Dej uh, asked you earlier about your your, your gaffer in, in, in Joe Montemuro. And you were obviously speaking about his um, style of management and the fact that he's so um, like detailed and, and, and like structured in his approach. Is that all? does that help you trust him and his methods and philosophies a bit more? And I, and I, and I, I say that in particular because of the fact that by trade, you are obviously a, a midfielder. Mm. He's come in and seen that, you know, he, 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 he finds you better at, um, uh, as, as a defender in terms of the way that he wants to play the game. So did that kind of ease that transition for you? Yeah, definitely. I think, it's because, like you said, um, versatility has always been a strength of mine, but sometimes it can really sort of hinder you. Like, I feel like every time I've changed position, it just kind of puts the rest on hold, and it's like, oh, we'll just see where she's at by the end of the year. Straight away when he comes in, he's like, this is my plan. Are you on board? Yes, no. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> so it's like an ultimatum, an ultimatum, basically. Yeah, like, yeah. I see, what do you want to be, you know, in my team? I see you as a centre-half. Do you, like, you, do you want to, is that what you want to do? And I'm like, yeah, 100%. Because I can see, like you say, I see his vision. I see exactly what he wants from a centre-half. It's not like, chuck me in and just see what happens. It's like, yeah. very thought out. And he's picked me for that role specifically. Um, so there's always been that understanding from the start. And um, so, yeah, 100%. It Manager, sort of, he's big on freedom. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not prescribed. I, you know, he doesn't tell me you have to hit A to B to, you know, whatever. It's just, this is what I'm giving you. These are the tools. Go and do what you want to do with it. Um, so, yeah, 100%. His, his level of detail, straight. I've trusted him from start, and I don't know why, because he was new to me. Um, so it must have something to do with that. Yeah, so just harping back to um, Dot's point on, on the England squad. Um, obviously, we had the World Cup in France, and you got to the semis. You made your World Cup debut against Cameroon in a you know an ill-tempered game, the three-nil win. So, how was that experience? Because making your debut in the World Cup is meant to be one of the crowning moments of once, but to get embroiled in all of that, you know, the side issues and and stuff like that. How was that experience? Yeah, so it's a, it's a weird one. It's like, from being totally honest, um, it's that game was I knew it was my last chance to get on a pitch, really, 
you know, if I'm if I'm being totally realistic and you know, it's you know, circumstance aside, you never know what's going to happen. That's the beauty of the World Cup. But I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, I've, I've not been used in the free warm up, like the um, group games. This is like past this point is only going to be top tier opponents, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we knew our run would be like, you know, what it was. Was North USA and then you know um, the Netherlands in the final, which would have been all like terrible, terrible like they're hard games basically. So yeah. what I'm, yeah. is, I'm looking at this game and I'm thinking, if I'm going to get on, this is going to be my game. So from minute one, when it started kicking off, I just thought, mate, <laughs> my luck, <laughs> just my luck. Anything else wrong? Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm sort of coming to terms with the fact that it's probably not going to happen. So then when it did. You know, I, I don't know it's going to happen. I'm just thinking, if it is, this is this is the time. Um, and so when it then, you know, Leah going warm up, I'm thinking, okay. So I just forgot about the game at that point and just thought, get me on like as quick as. But I think I I literally ran down, did a couple of like high knees, little heel flicks, ran straight back. I thought, no, no, I'm ready, I'm ready. Um, so yeah, I, I think it was difficult because it's like when people talk about the game that's what they talk about they don't say oh Leah made a debut in that game mm. for example. it was kind of stained in a way yeah yeah a little bit um on reflection but at the time I did not care <laughs> I was like you know laces tied I was like I'm ready get get me on so uh, <laughs> yeah it's, it's definitely like my first pick of yeah. games um but I think everything happens for a reason so I'm I'm sort of you know I'm on, I'm on board with the whole situation and hopefully that kind of experience, even the dramatics of the game, will like help me in the future. Um, even though it's um, you know, 13 minutes or whatever it was, it's uh, something that can't be taken away from me now. So, Yeah, so obviously you got to the semi-finals and against the formidable USA, they're seen as the you know, market leaders when it comes to women's football. Yeah. Going into those games... Is there a sort of mentality crisis? Because from the outside looking in, the USA women seem brash. They seem bold, you know, confident. When approaching those games, do you think England have got, you know, a sort of chink in their psyche? So it's, it's really funny because um, we, we do a lot of like um, personality, sort of, you like analyse each other and you see what type of personality you are, whatever, and you do the test and... Um, I mean, I've always, I've only ever done it, I've now done it on reflection. But in the World Cup, I did have this kind of like, um, there was, the girls believed they was going to win. No, no doubt. Like, there was a win to win because we're going to the final. Like, we were planning on staying, you know. You, you just don't, like, you, you literally think, when I think back to it, we, I thought we were going to win because I was convinced by what everybody else's reaction was. But at the time, I was thinking, because I'm like a, a risk person, like I'm, a, I'm an assessor. <laughs> you know, just we have a contingency plan, like what you don't. Um, and it just wasn't an option. But I think, like you say, going into a game like that against the US, you can't afford to spare a, a minute of like, but what if this happens or, you know? Um, like you say, they're just such a force. Um I'm, I'm glad for the way that we approached it because I think even in the game you see it like the girls are like no no we're, we're here to win it's not it wasn't like a rollover um, but yeah they are since then like playing them at the Shivalis whatever and me actually being on the pitch that time you know they they just have this you know aura about them that's just like success 
success to success. So you just you can't really argue with that. Is it intimidating as a player? Uh, personally, I, I've, I like it. I'm like, you know, it's a really good position to be in when you're the underdog. Like, which is not really, yeah. especially for me, throughout my life, I've been at Arsenal all my life, so we've never been the underdog. And then, you know, I've come into the England team at a time where we're, like, second ranked in the world um, when, I, when I first made my debut. So, for me, it's like playing against the US, I think, like, pressure's off. Let's go. Yeah. Um, mm. But then, obviously, like I say, when, when you sort of start playing the game, you do appreciate it. And that. now I've actually been on the pitch against them, I do appreciate the power that they have and... They're just such a force. Um, but yeah, personally, I don't get intimidated, but their whole setup, like we played them at the She Believes, they had fireworks before the game and, you know, the, the song, the, the, the light show, and I'm thinking, whoa. Um, <laughs> it's just next level. They just, they, they are, in terms of women's football, they are at the top and they're, you know, I'm not sure anybody's really close at the minute to catching them. So it's exciting. It's a good challenge. I love it. I'm like, let's go. But um, yeah, they are. They are literally the best, um, and you can't argue with it. So I suppose there's a level of intimidation, um, like in general, around that. So, um, what are like, you know, the FA's um, plan to bridge that gap between England and USA? Because obviously, they're bought in Phil Neville, and we spoke to Lucy Bruns, your friend, and she was saying that. Phil Neville's kind of implemented a playing style where you girls want to pass and move the ball. Um, but how, how are you girls going to bridge that gap from nearly to now winners? I think it, it comes in the, the style of play. So I think the US have been so successful for so many years because they, from, from minute one, they was the fittest, the fastest, the strongest. And at that point, with no professional setups elsewhere in the world, they were steam trained, you know, just ahead. Because you're asking Alex Scott, for example, who works in the laundry at Arsenal um, and plays for England at the weekend, you know, kind of thing, to go and compete with a professional setup. Mm. So for so long, they've, they've powered ahead in that area. And it's like now, like Lucy says, when we're not trying to compete with them physically anymore. We, we are, and everybody's, you know, everybody's matching up to that physical, physicality now um, with professional setups everywhere. The, the, I think our strength is that playing football, we're better than them. Um, so I think that's where that will come, definitely. Um, but I do think that everything they have, the lifestyle, you know, they're, they're together 60 days for a camp, for an, a national team. Like, it's just not heard of anywhere else. So I think the more professional our game gets, especially in England, which is where most of our girls play, and the more that lifestyle just becomes so natural and so, you know, focused around football and the investments keep coming, which allows us to be on par with them. You know, they, they have they have outrageous resources and um, we do now as well. And I think it's just taken that, combining it with like actually on the pitch being this like passing team. You know, I think we want to be a mixture of Spain and the US. Okay. Literally, they don't give the ball away. They're t- they're so tidy, um, so creative. And then the US, which is like this, like I say, like this is absolutely playing on a football. Yeah. Um, but I agree. Like like Lucy says, I think that's the change that's made us close. And now it's like finding at us at a level which competes with their. You know what we can be better at. We now need to take to the next level. Which you know, this new manager, whoever it is, comes in. 
that's their task, basically, to make us sort of unbeatable on the pitch in terms of the way that we want to play. Um, Bill's introduced it. Um, it's now, like, now taking that to the next level. So who do you think should get the, the job, get the gig? Get the gig. I've been really thinking about this because I, I just don't know. Like, um, Emma Hayes, she's got success after success at Chelsea. She's a winner. So it's like, to me, that's the final piece of the puzzle. We need we need somebody to come in who's literally going to win. Um, but I'm not picky. I just need somebody... <laughs> Like the ball playing centre half. That's all I've got. That's all I've got. You've seen me now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just want somebody to come in. He's, he's a winner. Um, I think that's the mm. final, the final piece of the puzzle. You know, Phil was a winner as a pl- as a player, and he's introduced this like new style of football, and we're on the up. And now it's just about somebody, whoever it is coming in and just literally like picking up where he's left off and like no time to waste just sort of go for the throat so yeah I'm, I'm not picky as as long as they they you know sort of have it have the experience of winning I think because I think that's the final thing now we just need mm. need that bit and like yeah, so a final... playing centre half as well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so final one on England from me um, I also asked Lucy this question as well there was that moment in the semi-final, when USA scored and they done the teacup celebration. <laughs> in your opinion, obviously the press back home were saying it was arrogant, disrespectful. From your opinion, was that a bit of banter or do you believe they crossed the line? So from, from the type of person that I am, I don't really like to talk too much. Um, I think that Football literally does the talking, and I, I, I'm I like banter. I'm I'm good for banter, but I don't really think you'll ever see me throwing it back. Just because I think I can take it, but yeah, I'm not really like a. Like if, if I beat you, I'll beat you. What are you gonna say? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, love that. I think, I think it was banter. I don't think it was. I don't think it's disrespectful. I think you're in a World Cup, so if you score a goal, I think you're you're justified to celebrate however you yeah. want. It did. I mean, I was on the bench. I was like, oh, I'm Leah, Leah, I've got, I've got to ask you. Um, <laughs> I've got to ask a question, Leah. Last year, um, you had the opportunity to travel to Indonesia with Save the Children and the Arsenal Foundation. So I just wanted to, to, to ask you a bit about that experience and, you know, how, how like, how important is, uh, are those sort of experiences to sort of, you know, really in your, um, you know, your, your outlook and, and widen your perspective and that kind of thing? Yeah, so a big part of me, uh, I think, like, come from my family is, you know, I play football to try and see how good I can be, but there's a whole other side to it. And I think that if we neglect that as footballers, we're wasting such a big opportunity of using either the platform that we have or, um, just sort of making an imprint somewhere else that isn't the football pitch and for me to get the opportunity to go again Joe like this is why we get on so well he was like told me to go so it was during pre-season like, I shouldn't have really been flying half mm. for two days um, but he told me like if you don't go you're going to miss an opportunity here that, that's going to potentially like change your outlook on life um, so from a selfish perspective 
it's one of the best things I've ever done. Like you don't believe things until you see it. Um, I didn't understand that people lived in conditions like that. I just didn't, you just can't sort of like fathom it. Mm. Um, so for me personally, it was so needed um, just to, to, yeah, to change my, the way I look at the world, change, not necessarily change, but just like give me a direction. Like, what do I want to do here? Why am I here? Mm-hmm. I'm here to play football and what else am I, do I want to achieve? Do I want to carry on and just look back and say, oh yeah, scored, you know, and just be a stat? Or do I want to look back and think, okay, I made a difference here or, or there? And mm-hmm. um, I mean, I'll never understand this, you know, the the level of like, when the girls see me, they're like, oh my God, you know, because I'm thinking it's neat. I don't know what you're bothered about. But <laughs> that power that we do have in that in that sense, you just can't waste it. Like what, you know, to go and give these girls a little bit of hope, a little bit of direction, whatever. Um, I just couldn't waste that opportunity. But like, honestly, I could speak about it all day. It's like the best thing in my life I've ever done. Um, and it just, yeah, it, it made me realize I need to make sure that I'd leave an imprint um, and help people. It's not about me. It's about what they get out of it. So, um, yeah. Oh, big up yourself and Leah. Um, Moving on um, to life outside of football. Um, obviously, we know that you've got a brand and, you know, you're on Instagram and you like your music and all of them things there. <laughs> Zara, Zara sponsorships and all that. No, but I want to ask, like, how important is raising your brand and your profile Um in raising the profile of the women's game in general because the more you raise your individual brand the more you know people are attracted to women's football yeah no exactly um you know we, we joke about you joked about hexa i'm not getting in that joke <laughs> <laughs> no we've seen the drip <laughs> <laughs> but when i look at that I, like, it's the same thing um mm. you you either got people talking on twitter and instagram whatever about football twice a week when the games are on or you've got people literally talking about football and loving the sport and getting into the sport because they're seeing him every day on you know doing what he wants to do and showcasing himself and it's the same for women's football it's the same tactic I suppose what we have as a selling point if we're talking as a as a product like the women's game as a product is that we're so accessible and um, I feel like fans really can feel connected to us um, just the nature of it, you know, the stadiums that we play at, the, we're just a, we're a lot more available for that kind of interaction. So to showcase myself on Instagram or whatever, like it just it just increases that engagement. I think between the fans and um, you know, I, I mean, I'm just I'm just doing, it's, you know, I run my account. I'm I'm the one that puts out what I want to put out because I'm like this is me and I want to yeah. I want to show people what I'm interested in. I like connecting with other people that have the same interests, etc. Um, but at the same time, it's so useful for the game. Like for all of the girls, when they put them there, the response is like incredible because people want that. They want to see who you are. They want to see what you want to wear, um, what you're interested in. They want to listen to your music. So, you know, it's this, um, I think it's just about engagement and, and like really, like you say, you know, I don't know, putting ourselves out there for everybody to see and, and um, sort of growing the women's game by growing our individual profiles. Mm. Kind of. um, but yeah, I love it. I'm like, it's, I don't know, it's, it just gives you a new dimension. You're connecting with people mm. in different ways. And um, I mean, 
if I focus on football myself, I don't, I don't know, I probably wouldn't do it because it just, you know, consume you and yeah. much. So that's why I like to do it to take myself away. Um, but yeah, I think it's a really good way to engage with people. Yeah, so outside of fashion and, you know, modelling and, and stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> what other interests do you have? Like, what music are you into? Like, what box sets are you watching? So, box sets. Um, my favourite, I watched it at the start of lockdown, uh, was Sex Education on Netflix. Tell me you've seen it. No, you're... But you recommend it, yeah, Leah? You recommend yeah, I would, it? I would recommend it. It's funny. Yeah. It's really fun. Well, I think it's funny. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like anything that's on The Last Dance. Oh my god, it was unreal. Yeah, yeah. that was best sports sick. documentary yeah. for me ever. Hundred percent. Yeah, so, so well made as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, music. Like I'm literally top three songs at the moment. What's on your playlist? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> <laughs> Do you control the playlist at Arsenal? Say that again. Do you control the playlist at Arsenal? Do you control it? Do you get, do you get handed the Hawks cord? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I love music because of what it, what it does. Same reason I love football because I love going with my family. I love music because when you, when you listen to a song and somebody else is on your vibe and you're both listening to the same song, there's nothing better. So I love doing music in the change room because it spreads joy. <laughs> and everybody <laughs> loves it. And everybody, um, yeah, it also Oh, it's the mood, but I mean, I've got a record player, so I've been listening to my records recently. So my three songs, old, old songs, um, uh-huh. a, bit, a bit of Motown in there, a bit of soul. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The top three musicians. Who's your top yeah, three musicians? Apparently, apparently, you're into your Drake. I am. I am. I am. I am. Um, isn't everybody? <laughs> he's got yeah, some bangers. He's, uh, no, he's got some he's, bangers. Uh, he's got he's got music for every mood, basically, hasn't he? So exactly. exactly. It's <laughs> I mean, Jake. You could literally, I could listen to Jake all day, every day. I think so. He's, he's got to be up yeah. there. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit different. I like different music as well. So mm. sometimes when I, what I listen to on the bus to the game is different to what I play in the changing room because I think everybody yeah. sleep. I played. <laughs> <laughs> I music. Yeah, I want to go into your relationship with Kira Walsh, you know, your best friend at Manchester City. How does that dynamic work? Because both teams are competing at the top of the table. I mean, this season obviously was decided by the um, points per game. Obviously, Chelsea taking it with 2.6 per game. Then obviously, second was 2.5 per game and third was 2.4. So how does that dynamic work? In and around the games, are you able to talk as normal? Or how do you take that rivalry? Because, you know, in a men's game, you always hear people say, no, he's been banned for the week. I'm not talking to him. So how does it work in the women's game as well? It's hard because me and Kira are literally, like, best mates. I have been forever. We talk about music. The reason me and Kira are such good mates is because we both love, like, dancehall, R&B, mate. Like, so that... when The times that we spend together, I wish she was my teammate all the time. When I'm in England, I love it. But when we're away, we just... It, I mean, if she was text, if she was playing cup final or whatever, I'd always text her like, "Hope you have a good game today." You have a good game. So we always, and then maybe like before the game, all we ever say to each other that week is just because it's just easier to leave it out. Otherwise, I don't know, it's just not necessary. But um, yeah, all we text each other is like, "See you in 
see you in the bar after. <laughs> see you in the canteen after, wherever we are. So, yeah, literally, it's like, oh, I can't, can't wait to see you after, and then just, like, one kiss, and then that's it. <laughs> Leah, how is, um, you know, the Arsenal women's team relationship with the men's team? Because, you know, we've seen this sort of cross-collaboration on Twitter between, you know, some of the Arsenal women and some of the mm. Arsenal men. So how is that dynamic? Are you cool with any of the players? Do you speak to them? Yeah, so um, it's quite nice, really, because where we we have a big gym at Arsenal, and the men use a different gym. Um, and then when they normally when they're doing rehab, they they come into the, the big gym and do their session in there. Um, so that's how it really I think when the teams actually started, we've always had like a couple of players that would know a couple of players, or maybe from the same country or whatever. Um, but I think right now is probably the closest I've ever known the two teams to be. Um, in terms of interaction and I think that's come from that so we had quite a few uh, rehab girls like a few ACLs and stuff and so did the boys so um, Dan Carr she's sort of okay. the one that yeah. she normally like mingles and we all just yeah, up Dan Carr <laughs> 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 person so she's like she's the one that we send out ahead and then we all, we all um, follow, follow up but yeah I mean Hector's really cool um, with, the, with the girls um, and speaking to us like it's funny, isn't it? Because they are like superstars, and we're we're just not on that level. So it's it's different. It's um, I'm gonna know all of their names because that's what it is at like men's football. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really expect them to know everything about us. But there's some cool, there's some cool people. Um, Rob Holden, he's like really good friends with a couple of the girls, and um, Jacka, we've got a Swiss girl, so they knew each other before. And um, but we've we've had some nice like Pete, um, Peter Czech, he took us out for dinner for winning the league last year. Um, little trip uh, into London, so that was like really nice, like just a, a nice gesture. Um, Before so, he left to Chelsea, yeah. <laughs> 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 <Guy>. agent check. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, to say about him? <laughs> Do you know what, Leah? I wanted to ask you. Obviously, you're you're still like super super. Young. Um, you've you've managed to you know amass over a hundred appearances uh, for the club at, at such a young age and whatnot, and you've still got so much football left to play. Um, but looking even further down the line, so like once you've finally hung up the boots and whatnot, what what do you reckon um, uh, the future holds for you? And the reason I ask is obviously because you, you're 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 naturally quite studious, like you said, your, your mum drummed it into you, so you were studying your, your history, your maths and, and whatnot at A-level. Um, and then the rumour has it that you're also doing stuff like around accountancy and, and that kind of thing. So when when you do eventually hang up the boots, is it like completely, you know, done with football? Do you think that you, you will be still involved in some capacity or is it going to be something completely different? Yeah, I mean, um, the accountancy is definitely my like backup option my solid option um you know we're not as fortunate as we don't earn as much money so if, if something was to happen to me tomorrow I'll, that like, i need the job straight away um so that's my you know that's my security um and who knows like maybe i mean there's definitely you know being a personal accountant i've got a, a lot of clientele that i can tap into so don't even worry, i see i see the business venture um <laughs> but yeah i think Right now, that's what I like to take myself out of my comfort zone. So if there's an opportunity to do something within the media, within football, um, you know, I'll at least try it, see if I like it, see, you know, see if it 
I get on with it, see if people take well to me or whatever. Because um, you never know. You just never know of things like that. And it's not really something that you need to go into is if the opportunity comes to you. Um, but, I, you know, I just I have so many passions outside of football, you know, music, film. Um, you know, film's not something I talk about a lot, but I'm quite interested in it. Um, you know, I've sort of played around with making my own kind of stuff and just, you know, throughout throughout my life. So, you know, I've got so many interests that I, I sort of um, are yet to explore, I suppose. Um, but yeah I've started working with a couple of people and just having those conversations because you just don't know I I don't know where I'm going to be I don't know what I'm going to be passionate about Um, so yeah it's it's one of them ones but um, Nike as well like I have have a lot of big conversations with with Mm. people I work with there just about deep conversations you know where do you want to be in five years time not not really planning it out but just making sure that I sort of make sure I explore my options Um, you know, football is such a gift, and the, the 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 whole thing of football, the the job, the travelling, the people that you meet, you know, everything. I, I know how lucky I am to be in the position I am, and I just think leaving football is such a hard task to find something to fill that hole. Um, so I just want to make sure it's it's the right one. But yeah, I, I'd I'd rule out coaching. I don't think you never. But yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule out staying in football just because I don't. I don't actually can fill that hole. I think to some, mm. always need it in your life. Yeah. So you've been at Arsenal, you know, your whole career. You're still only 23, and we've started to see a lot of players venture out into Europe. Tony Duggan, Nikita Paris, Alex Greenwood, and obviously Lucy Bronze, who you've had on on this platform. Do you see yourself retiring at Arsenal, or do you see there being a situation where? Obviously, if the offer is good enough, you move. You will move on to Europe. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really um, it's a difficult one because obviously, I'm a, I am Arsenal through and through, and I've always said like if you if you win something and if I win something in an Arsenal shirt, it's going to be more to me than five titles somewhere else. Um, and obviously, Arsenal are a competitive team; they're at the top of the game. They they want me. You know, that's a good start. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think women's football is hard because opportunities could come around that can sort of be life-changing mm. so, um, investment somewhere you know you look at a Leon and mm. the, the amount of investment they have and um, you know you could you know players come could come back sort of set up really after being there kind of thing so if you're being brutally honest I don't know I don't know what opportunity will ever come around the corner for me um, but to look back on my career I know now for certain if I look back on my career and I retired at Arsenal after being in my whole life I don't think I'd regret. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what opportunities are going to come round yeah. um, round the corner, or Arsenal might want to ship me off next year. No <laughs> chance. <laughs> <laughs> I can confidently say that. Um, would you say your dream is to, you know, one day eventually, you know, be the captain of the club you love, Arsenal Football Club? Yeah, I think. I've been sort of a captain at lower levels and, and stuff, you know, younger age groups and stuff. So it's always sort of a thing that people say. Um, but, I mean, I'm a big... And my mum's always said this, and I believe it. Like, that's something that finds you. Um, and I think for, for 100%, if, like I say, it's been an absolute dream to, to captain um, Arsenal, literally because I love them. Um, but it's definitely something that finds you, so... I just do me and, and if it's if it's the right fit at a certain point 
um, but it's tough, tough feet to follow in. So um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's She's one of our own. She's <laughs> one of our own. She's one of our own. It's been a dream to have you on the podcast, Leah. You've been amazing. No, thanks. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, we've really appreciated yeah. getting your insight and, you know, good luck for the rest of your career. And hopefully we catch up soon and, and do another one. Yeah, give you more. To, I, let me do some bits and then I'll give you more to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> you will do, you will do. And, 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 and next time you, you do, maybe you'll be wearing the armband as well. Yeah, I wear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Leah, it's, it's, honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm sure it's it's one that our fellow Gooners will absolutely love, but of course, um, all, all you know, all of our other listeners and, and viewers and whatnot as well. So we're gonna we're, we're gonna call it a day there. Uh, once again, uh, a quick reminder to all of you who are not yet subscribed to our YouTube channel. It's the Beautiful Game Podcast, um, and you can watch all of our episodes on there. Um, and you can also listen to all of the um, audio versions of our interviews on Spotify. Again, it's the Beautiful Game Podcast. Um, and if you don't have Spotify, I don't know, yeah, yeah, there, there might be some of you out there. Um, you can listen to the episodes on Spotify, on sorry, on SoundCloud and on Apple Podcasts as well. And if you're listening in on Apple Podcasts, please make sure you leave a five star review. Follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore TBG and on Instagram at pod underscore TBG. Until the next episode, over and out. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.